This is an ABC podcast. Ah, it's a glorious time to be alive right now in my neighbourhood. Hello, snack packers. Sammy J here with you. Got a little spring in my step because it is the traditional festival of hard rubbish right now. When all the households in my hood purge themselves of the stuff that they no longer need, belch it out onto the footpath, and then you get to walk around having a good old sticky beak, a good old voyeur, a good old perv at the inner lives of all the friends and neighbours who live around you. And you also get to tell the kids, hey kids, you can take as much as you can carry, you can take as much as you can hold, and it's all free, baby. So how excited was I as I walked around the streets with the girls, and how did that excitement die a sudden death when the one thing they wished to take from a giant pile of toys and books and furniture was a large framed photograph of Keith Urban. Not just one photo, three photos in the one frame, which they then struggled home with all the way. And I got no beef with Keith. He's a fine man, I imagine. I just never thought I would be put in the position of having to work out where in our house we would display this framed photograph of Keith Urban. And yet, others will have more successful moments and I live in hope of a future hard rubbish day when perhaps... Keith will be back out on the nature strip and we'll find something else as well. Talk on hard rubbish today, plus in a moment, astrophysicist to the stars, Alan Duffy will be joining us as he goes in search of aliens and a bar fridge. Plus, how are you sleeping at night? Could you sleep better? Well, Dr Karen Freilich will take a little TikTok medical craze and give us the facts behind it. And the wonderful Linda and Vicar Bull, amazing Australian artists and fresh recipients of an OAM. But guess what? They've got an OAM now and they don't even have an ARIA. They're pretty annoyed about that. Well, I would be if I were them. We'd be chatting to Linda Bull soon. And Adam Spencer, Sydney University's Ambassador for Mathematics, celebrating the number 16 right here on the Snack Pack. Um, I picked up a 30-year-old bottle of um, South Australian Red um, thinking, oh, this is not going to be any good. But when I got home and opened it, the whole family laughed at me, but it turned out to be quite good. Nice one. And so did you have to um, gird your loins before taking your first sip? Um, I I, I smelled it first, Sammy. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's probably a better way to do it. Alan Duffy is an astrophysicist at Swinburne University and lead scientist at Australia's Science Channel. Alan, I know you're into space junk, but what about earth junk? Do you love yourself some hard rubbish? Yeah, look, it really does feel like Christmas has come early. (laughs) Uh, So I wanted to share my story very briefly. I know we've got a lot to cover. Earth space is very exciting. But I arrived in Perth in 2009. Uh, to help help with you know part of that that huge telescope construction work out there all the research. Hang on, that. is this your is this the Duffy origin story in the, Australia? The, so I, we haven't even heard this yet. Yeah, I'm going to reveal my origin. story. Okay, so 2009, you were just rubbish. living yeah. away back home on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Flew all the way uh, down under. The uh, announcement of the Square Kilometre Array project was seeing you know huge number of astronomers coming in, biggest telescope that'll ever be constructed, and uh, half of it's here in Australia. So the, the the headquarters, as it were, or you know a large amount of that work was in Perth. So I arrived in Perth, and Perth is an absolutely glorious place. It is literally you know the sunshine, the the warmth, everything. It's it's what Australia is is perceived to be back in frozen, freezing Ireland. And I was astounded when just 
one day, just normal day on these clean streets, suddenly just huge numbers of TVs and couches and you name it just just landed on the sidewalk. I could not understand what was going on. Um, for a day or two, I'm walking by and I can see people grabbing stuff. I'm like, what is going on? I actually Googled to figure out what, because I didn't know anyone <laughs> local. And <laughs> they said, this is hard. This is verge surfing, it's called. And I saw a bar fridge and I thought, this is it. This is what I've always wanted. I didn't realize until that moment, this is the thing. So I grabbed it, I took it in to my house and there it was, pride of place in, in, a, in essentially an otherwise unfurnished flat because <laughs> I didn't just arrived. And I saw... Um, Later that night, I was just, you know, loving my, my little bar fridge. And then uh, a cockroach went by me. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, well, you know, this is Australia. This thing happens. You know, mm-hmm. I've never really seen one that big before. So I sort of, you know, squished it or chased it or whatever. And then, you know, minutes passed. And then, then there's another few, a few cockroaches. I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? This is awful. And after a while, and I realized I see one coming from the bar fridge. <laughs> Oh, flip. Okay. And I'd looked at the bar fridge and it was clean. I cleaned the inside. And I looked around and I thought, I didn't turn this upside down. And I and I turned it around. And Sammy, it was a scene from a horror movie. Just no. this boiling mass of cockroaches came out of the bar fridge that I took into my house. <laughs> And I, and I literally did, I'm, you know, I, I'm not afraid to admit, and I picked it up and sprinted out of my house and, and just, they're all on my carpet. I threw this bar fridge back onto the road. I ran back, got rid of all the cockroaches in my house. It was absolutely horrendous cleaning. And before I could go back out with the sign saying, you know, you know, gross, do not pick up someone and grab the bar fridge and all of the infestation. How many cockroaches do you think were there, Alan? I am if you had to guess. There were, there Just were pick hundreds. a figure, though. Yeah, a big number. There were hundreds. <laughs> Listeners, if you're just tuning in, to give this some context, Professor Alan Duffy is an astronomer who is on the rise. In 20 years, when we are having space wars with every other nation on the planet, he'll be the one. He'll be like the Brendan Murphy of the pandemic in the age of the space wars. He's going to be, like, in charge of all of us. He'll be making life and death decisions for millions of people. And we've just heard his origin story of he how how he scrounged a bass fridge off a curb and then had to squash a bunch of cockroaches in a flat. That is such a great opening scene to your ultimate movie biography when it's made, Alan. I love it. Yeah, that'll be a really iconic scene, me crying as cockroaches fly yep. over my new apartment. But, okay, and, look, okay. Well, and, then, <laughs> and, and, and then you'll look at those and it'll have a little thought bubble and you'll be thinking, they look a bit like aliens. They will. And I will have, obviously, then some experience to talk about the new NASA search, not necessarily for aliens. I want to emphasize it's definitely yeah. hashtag not aliens, but yeah. they are announcing a, an independent team led by none other than Professor David Spurgle, one of the big giants of my field, weirdly, um, incredibly senior figure, to spend the next nine months and um, figure out just what is out there in terms of information about UFOs. What, you know, is it compelling? Is there more information that we need? In other words, setting the groundwork for a proper study of the UFO phenomenon and can those unidentified flying objects be described or explained in any other way, rule everything else out until there's only one possibility left and then perhaps they'll entertain that. And I'm not even wanting to say the words about what that might be. They're Um, clearly searching for aliens. The Snack Pack. It was the Queen's birthday recently, but what's in it for us? Well... 
We always give out awards here in Australia. Lots of awards, some of them known as OAMs for services to different industries, including the performing arts. And who could be more deserving than Vicar and Linda Bull, the musical, magical sisters who have entertained and delighted us for decades? The answer is nobody could be more deserving, which is why they got one. Hello, Linda Bull. How are you feeling after receiving your sweet, sweet OAM? Well, my phone started dinging at 3.30 this morning and I knew something was up. Look, it's an incredible honour for Vicar and I. Uh, we know that um, uh, it's a big deal and we are very humbled by it. I don't like throwing that word around a lot, but we really are. It's just a great feeling. <laughs> um, I, I loved that I read that you were not going to be backwards uh, about wearing or holding your medal. Some people are always, you know, this faux humility and say they'll just keep it in a drawer or something, but you're going to be out and proud with it, I hope. I want to wear it out. Yep. <laughs> I'm saying to Vic, just, you know... Even to Coles, I don't mind. <laughs> you totally <laughs> should. Get it to my chest and wear it proudly. <laughs> is there anything different about, or what is different about this award? Because you have received awards in your lifetime in an artistic sense many, many times over. What is it about this one uh, that, that makes it either special or different for you? Well, I, I think that when you set out to be a singer, you know, you, you sing um, because you love it. It's your passion. And I think... When people get it, that's a wonderful feeling. But when you're recognised by your country for it, uh, for your service to it, that's a whole other. That's a whole other level. Uh, unexpected, and you know, I've kind of, I've kind of it's sinking in. But you know, we know there are worthy recipients out there that haven't received them yet, and we're in really great company. And I love the fact that it celebrates diversity uh, uh, in our industry and across the board. That's Big deal, yeah. And we haven't won that many awards, Sammy, in the music industry, actually. Really? We never won an ARIA or anything, no. Oh. Well, you know what? <laughs> but you've got the vibe of someone who has, and that's more important <laughs> than the actual thing. Thank you. Linda Bull, i got to ask about your sister. Uh, Vicar, she's resting after surgery, which has meant you had to postpone some shows. How is she going? Vicar is going very well, thank you, Sammy, and she sends her love to you and to everybody who understood that she couldn't perform. Uh, she was very unwell and can't sing for about three or four weeks but Mm -hmm. you know she's in bed probably listening to you as we speak and sending her love but she'll be she'll be okay she'll be all right in about a month vicar if you are indeed listening uh then from all of us love back to you because uh we all got so much out of out of you and we've discussed this before in fact you performed during this time for us on the show but your your sunday covid sessions the songs and the joy that you brought melbourne and australia and the world was such a special point for everyone. That was one specific chapter of your long career. Linda, where's your creative compass pointing right now? I, I think it's, it's pointing towards focusing you know, wholly on what Vicar and I can do next is in songwriting. I think we haven't really explored that fully and, and we're going to go down that track uh, in the next couple of years and just try and hone that craft, I think. <laughs> Hi, Sammy. How are you? Very well, buddy. How are you going? I, I, I'm a complete sucker for hard rubbish. Um, but uh, when I was a poor student, um, one day I was wandering along and there was a box of uh, old stamp albums sitting there and uh, grabbed them, put them under the arm, walked about 500 metres to the local um, stamp collecting shop um, and then 10 minutes later walked out with 200 bucks. How much? 200 bucks. That's all right. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. Adam Spencer, comedian, broadcaster, author, 
and mathematician has a long-standing fascination with numbers that led to his ambassadorial role with Sydney University and led him right now into our own ears. Adam, tell us about the number 16. Let's start with, on a compass, north, south, east and west, but you've got north, east and all the dividers in between, there are 16 different geographic points on a standard compass. So hang on, I know the main four ones. I know there's one between each of them. That would make eight, wouldn't it? And then you go one between as well. So you can go east, northeast, mm-hmm. et cetera. So you go four, yeah. divide them into northeast, that gets you to eight, divide them into east, northeast, et cetera, that gets you to 16. Boom. Okay. We're kicking off our 16 chat right now with Adam Spencer. Where are we heading next? 16 pieces on each side when you start a game of chess. Most caterpillars have 16 legs, though strictly they have sort of six legs, three pairs that do all the work and ten stumpy little things hanging off their abdomens that don't do that much walking. I love it when you talk dirty. Yeah, 16 is the legal drinking age in several European countries, Portugal, Austria, Switzerland, Germany and Belgium, for example. You might be surprised. People think people are pretty liberal with the booze in France. It's not until 18 in France, but this is my favourite European drinking age fact is this. In England, Scotland and Wales, get this, Sammy, it is legal for someone to drink alcohol in their own home if they are between the age of five and 17. I repeat, five and 17. So in Britain, you can slip a lazy beer to a five-year-old, but to a four-year-old, what are you? Some kind of freak. (laughs) This is, I did not know this, and how on earth has that not been adjusted? It's, it's, it, it reads the law, or you read all the literature, but it says the law is fine, but we strongly recommend <laughs> otherwise. You know, they can stay up and watch that final, but don't give them but a cider. What politician? Well, all of them clearly have decided that campaigning to, uh, <laughs> to change the law so five-year-olds can't drink would be a vote killer. Yeah, I'll, yes, I'll raise the law to eight. No, mate, it's, it's political <laughs> suicide. <laughs> Forget your lockdown parties. Okay, this is great. This is great. What next? In the AFL, in the men's AFL, there's 18 players aside. In the AFLW, there's 16 players per team. Go Sydney Swans, starting the AFL next season, formerly South Melbourne. Mm-hmm. There are 16 personality types in a standard Myers-Briggs classification system <laughs> because you've got four different categories and you're choosing one of two from each of them. So two times two times two times two gives you 16. What are you, Sammy? I've always said you were an EIFP, extroverted, intuitive, feeling, and perceptive. Well, look, whatever you say, I'll agree with. Uh, I like those words. So it's it's better than, you know, skinny, neurotic coward. I'm I'm more an EITJ, extrovert and intuitive, but thinking and a bit judgy, judgy. (laughs) And my final one for you is this. This is really beautiful. I just explained that two times two times two times two would give you 16, yeah? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So an old, back at school, you'd write that two to the power of four, because we multiplied four twos together. Yeah, mm-hmm. two with a four floating in the air is 16, but reverse it. Four with a two floating in the air, four squared, is also 16. Ooh. Two to the power of four equals four to the power of two equals 16. 16 is the only counting number that can be written in reverse power formation like that, and that was proved by one of the greatest, probably the greatest of all mathematicians, Leonard Euler. Back in the 1700s, 16 is the only number that can be written in reverse power formation. (laughs) Adam Spencer, before you go, what were you like as a 16-year-old? 
oh dearie me, I was really starting to focus. The HSC was only a couple of years away at that mm-hmm. stage, so I was getting to know some of the best libraries around Sydney and really starting to test them out, what the acoustics were like, what the nighttime shutting time was, that sort of stuff. I certainly wasn't hanging with a girlfriend. Where would you put a Keith Urban framed photo? Like, I don't know, could put it in the hallway, but then it's really prominent. I guess it's a good story to tell visitors, but that would require having visitors and we're still sort of coming out of a pandemic and I look, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. The Snack Pack. When I need medical advice, I don't go to TikTok. I go to the TikTok, am I right? Well, I'm not wrong. But look, a lot of younger people do go to TikTok to get their medical advice, particularly those wanting to get a good night's sleep, because lately they've been following the latest craze, which is taping their mouths shut when they go to bed. Is that the best idea in the world or the worst idea in the world? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Thankfully, Dr. Karen Freilich is. Hello, Karen. How are you going? I'm good. I'm refreshed after a nice sleep. I actually did try taping my mouth shut last night just to give it a go. Well, no, you didn't. I, I did. I did. Look, I'll be honest. I lasted about half an hour. It was really sticky, uncomfortable. It was also a bit sweaty. Uh, but that's me. I did try it, though. All in the name of science. <laughs> my goodness me. So why on earth are people doing this? Why has this craze started, Karen? Well, look, there is a bit of merit to the theory here. So we know that breathing through your nose is definitely better for you. Your nose is there for a reason. It filters the particles. It's better for your dental hygiene and bad breath not to have a dry mouth. We know that your nose warms up the air and overall it can actually influence your facial structure. So there's some merit to that, but that's usually chronic mouth breathers over many years in childhood. So the theory is kind of there. But I think the execution is possibly a little bit um, off. So <laughs> that's putting it diplomatically. Like, We're talking about people uh, gaffer taping their mouths shut, aren't we? I mean, it would just—it feels like such a good, too good to be true uh, for this to work. But I think probably what we're forgetting here is that. If you are breathing through your mouth chronically and you're forgetting to breathe through your nose, there might be something bad going on underneath. So, for example, you could have a really inflamed nose. You could have some bad issues with asthma, with allergies, um, sinus issues, turbinate issues, and probably the most importantly, uh, uh, obstructive sleep apnea. So really quite bad snoring issues, which are common. We know that above the age of 30, one in four men have a degree of sleep apnea. So we could also just be ignoring some pretty decent underlying health issues there. Okay, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to apply this to myself as we all do with these things. Like I don't even know if I'm a mouth breather, but I do know I sometimes <laughs> wake up suddenly so I sleep on my side instead of my back. Well, that's actually a really, really good one. So if you want to sleep better at night and if you want to breathe better, sleeping on your side is fantastic. Having a really good pillow, um, having really good oral hygiene, you know, go to the dentist, brushing your teeth. We know not enough people do that. Mm-hmm. Having a regular routine, all the standard things that give you really good sleep help a lot. I'm chatting to Dr. Karen Freilich uh, off the back of this. Well, I, I was dismissing it rather as just a sort of, I assumed it was just a stupid, you know, uh, craze on TikTok that had no basis whatsoever. <laughs> but it turns out there is a little bit of science behind it. But don't you think from a medical perspective that, the, that starting to physically tape things up is just a, a bridge too far for humanity, Karen? Or is it potentially not as dangerous <laughs> as I'm thinking it might be? Well, look, out of all things on TikTok, it definitely is lower risk, but Mm -hmm. there's definitely a few risks. Uh, You know, if you actually do have an undiagnosed snoring or breathing issue, you can actually decrease the amount of oxygen you're getting overnight. Mm -hmm. So it can be pretty dangerous. Uh, Look, it can actually dry out your mouth worse of doing it, irritating your lips. 
if there's any chance you might be vomiting overnight, you can choke, yeah. um, it can block you. <laughs> and especially for people who have a bit of a hairy upper lip, I would definitely put a word of caution about what that would feel like as well. More for the removal side of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Karen Frelick, uh thank you as always for your, your, your deft dancing through the issues here. Uh, a face taping, look, it's a thing. Um, but I might just let my face just use all its orifices overnight from now on and continue to do so. Will you go back to it having tried it once, Karen? Oh, no, never again. That was so uncomfortable. But you know what? If you do out there have any issues with breathing, go see your local GP. There's, there might be something going on. But out of all the TikTok trends, I think this one is just quite literally a Band-Aid effect. This one. Maybe in the toilet. The toilet's where you put framed pictures that are a bit kitsch and have a funny story, isn't it? Okay, Keith Urban, you can you can live in my toilet. Good times. Glad we got there in the end, and thank you for getting to the end of yet another Snack Pack podcast. Please remember to rate it. If you've never done it before but you're still listening, it, it, it all helps. I'm afraid that's just how the world works. Or tell your friends, or just keep on subscribing with a new one coming your way next week. Thank you to Ross Kavanagh, my sound wizard, and my wonderful breakfast crew who sourced the guests and stories on my ABC Radio Melbourne show, which you can tune into every weekday from 5.30 on the ABC Listen app. Have a great week ahead.